Thank you for visiting Discontinued on Display. We are so happy you have joined us. At this time, we ask of you a few small favors. Please remain with your tour guides at all times. Please refrain from eating or drinking while you're on your tour, and we'll make sure to give the customer exactly what they want. Welcome into Discontinued on Display. My name is Matt, and as oh gosh, as always, I am joined by the wonderful Chris Corrigan. Hello, how is everybody today? Wait, oh, if you listen closely, Matt, you can hear them. Yes, sorry. Pause so we they can answer. We're doing great too. Thanks for asking. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> You're so kind. We are, you know, almost midway through December at this point by the time this mm-hmm. episode drops, which is crazy. I got like my schedule for work the other week. I was like, holy cow, it's like end of the year. <laughs> what, yeah. What happened? <laughs> it's so weird being at this point. You know, I was just I think we were kind of talking like my I'm in my last three weeks before I take I take the last little bit of the month off um, and it is a mad dash. I have programs coming out every everywhere out of every nook and cranny. I have something I have to be juggling. For these next three, like this week is calm. I have things to do, but I, this is this is prepping. Next week will be absolute insanity, and then the week after that will also be absolute insanity. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess the bank might be a little bit insane around the holidays. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I mean, the my problem is I I did this to myself. I, I in many ways I set my own schedule. I create my own chaos, and so I have no one to blame. But past Chris, past Chris hates future Chris. Yeah, really, really does mean things to him. Um, yeah, I can't plan when people deposit money or take money out. And that's not, you know, that doesn't take you away from your normal like business hours. No, like, banks are not open past normal business hours. Like I will put something on the like I have to work from uh, 5 to 9 p.m. on Sunday. I did that to myself. It is totally a me reason I'm there. Like, no one had the power to do that to me but me. Well, at least you recognize it. I know. I can can admit fault. Uh, So on today's uh, discontinued holiday spectacular season, um, this is, Chris, this was your idea, and I'm very excited. Um, so we're talking about a couple of different discontinued things and something that's really big and, and local for Matt and I. We are talking about the Marshall Fields department store and specifically a lot of the Marshall Fields on top of being one of the most well-known retailers um, and probably one of the most famous figures, I would say, in in like American business and American retail uh created a lot of very solid holiday traditions that with the purchasing of Marshall Fields by Macy's company back in the, I want to say that was in the 2000s. Mid 2000s, uh, yeah. Thank you very much. I believed it was about mid, mid yeah, right before 2010s. Because uh, my ma 
uh, started working for Macy's right after it. I remember she would get customers who would come into like the Macy's store at our local mall, which at no point I'd, oh no, I think it had been a Marshall Fields like location. Never mind. But I know we guys, had a Marshall Fields in Flint, Michigan. And they would be like, this will always be Marshall Fields to me. And she was like, that's great. I applied to work for Macy's. So please, <laughs> please leave me be. That's great. I have I have no I have no bearings in this. <laughs> I am I am I'm one of the lowliest people you could be talking to. I have I make no I did not make this choice. But um and my mom, you know, I was raised. I don't know if you would have. I don't know if your parents would have brought you down from from Michigan, but like my mom would take me to the department store um around the holidays. We would look at the windows, we would go to the chestnut room, uh we would go in and my mom would shop. Like I, I can I have distinct memories. Like I remember one Christmas my godmother took me to see Wicked. And I don't remember if we had lunch at the Walnut Room. I know we went into Marshall Fields because she was buying, um, she bought a Mary Poppins umbrella. Because I think that was the theme that year. Mary Poppins was their theme. Oh. Um, but I remember going and looking at the classic. For those of you who don't know, uh, Marshall Fields, and now Macy's has carried on this tradition, do these ginormous holiday vignettes in their windows. Um and we'll, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the vignettes uh, because it is part of their history and part of what we're talking about today. Um, in my childhood, they were like little stories. The story was being told window to window, and it's a big attraction, and it's kind of a gift from the Macy's and back then the Marshall Field Company to the citizens of Chicago. Um, I'm sure a lot of a lot of department stores do do this. It's not specific. It is not Marshall Field specifically who does it, but it is a again, it's a very world renowned thing, and it was a world renowned tradition. So the year, one of the years I distinctly remember my mom taking me uh, was Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone oh. was the theme of the windows. Every window was a different uh, part of the book. Cool, that's very cool. Yeah, we didn't, you know, we had a mall growing up, and we had department stores in there, but but I, I would and Marshall Fields wasn't really a big one that we went into, but um, like Sears. Like, I mean, all that stuff. I mean, it, department stores were your, you know, before Amazon and online shopping was a thing. This was your one-stop shop for anything. You need some clothes? Mm-hmm. Go to the department store. You need a lawnmower? Go to that same department store. Like, it, you, it was just like your, you, you can you can do it all. Now, the history, I, I did think maybe we should dive a smidge into the history of how did Marshall Field become Marshall Field. Oh, because we have um, to talk. I mean, last year we talked about A.C. Gilbert, and now we got to talk about Marshall Field. So Marshall Field is a very, there's like three of them because there's the, there's the OG Marshall Field. So Marshall Fields was actually created by Potter Palmer. And if you're a local Illinois Chicago historian, Potter Palmer was a extremely wealthy man, was one of the, the big wigs in Chicago. Um, he owned the Palmer House Hotel, which I believe is now owned by Hilton, but is still the Palmer House in Chicago. Uh, Potter Palmer's wife, Bertha Palmer, invented the brownie. Oh. Yep. She invented wow. the original brownie. Um, with her cooks at the Palmer, with the cooks of the Palmer House, she was creating a, like a lunch basket situation and created and it was like we need a dessert that is portable and the her and the cooks they made the palmer house brownie it is famous you can still get a palmer house brownie if you go to the palmer house um and to the restaurant in the hotel and they still follow bertha's original recipe it's a very i tried to make it once they are dense it is mostly eggs and chocolate 
and like a, a handful of flour. There is barely flour in these brownies. That'll do it. It. Is, <laughs> it is mostly like fudge. It's like I would I would claim it's a very fudgy brownie. So if you don't cook it right, it gets really funky. Um, and I did not cook mine right, but um. Potter Palmer buys a department store and it becomes very, and he starts a department store that was like called Palmer and company. And it, it's very popular and he starts to get sick and he tries to sell. And so he sells some of his shares to a couple of gentlemen, one of which is Marshall Field, who will eventually take control. Like we're going to jump a little bit, but he eventually does take controlling shares. Marshall Field invented the catchphrase, give the lady what she wants. Um, and was a very big proprietor of the customers always right. Which um, we need to pause and say that is not true. No, it's, dear, sorry, dear dear customers, you're, you're not, not always, always right. Always right. <laughs> but Potter Palmer was very, or not Potter Palmer, excuse me. Uh, Marshall Field was very famous, um, and still is this in his family of you got to make your guest happy, um, which is which, very Disney store. Oh yeah, um, yeah. And which, you give them no. you give them what they want. Um, yeah. to the best of your abilities. Like my favorite, so a weird story about Marshall Field that I happen to know, and this probably wouldn't have been actual Marshall Field. This probably would have been his son. Uh, was, so I worked for a while for a historic home and talked about two wealthy, very affluent individuals from Chicago. And there's a story that the lady of the house, her name is Amy, had been shopping at the Marshall Field department store and wanted to buy this hat that was displayed on a mannequin and she pulled over a store clerk and the clerk apologized and said, I'm so sorry. That's actually not an item we have in stock of the store. It's just something we decoratively have on this mannequin. We don't have a price. I I can't sell you this hat. And she knew what the rules were. And she went, that's fine. I understand. Can you please bring me Marshall? Marshall Field came down from his office and agreed to sell Amy this hat because the lady gets what she wants. Um, Marshall Field um, goes on to, you know, become one of the, they move on to uh, State Street. Yeah, State Street. They're on State Street. They move on to State State Street. They move on to State Street, one of the biggest shopping streets in Chicago. They have this giant storefront um, that I want to say is 14 floors high. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's 13 or 14. It's huge. Well, I think it's 14 and the 14th floor was the executive office was okay. like where Marshall Field's office was. I think there's only like 10 or 12 floors that are accessible to guests um, because then you get to, there's a storage. There was in the original outlay, there were the different department floors, the kitchen, um, the, there was like some storage, the office and like an attic space. Um, And that's kind of like Marshall Fields in a nutshell. Eventually they sell, they, I, I don't know what else to, to say. They've been around since 1850 something is when that build, when they started. Yeah, that building was built in the 1800s. Did you hear how Marshall, uh, Marshall Field died? I'm assuming slowly and painfully. Uh, no. So this, this is just a wild thing. So he died of pneumonia. Mm-hmm. Most because, people did which, back then. Which he contracted while playing golf on New Year's Day with his nephew, his secretary, and Abraham Lincoln's eldest son, Robert Todd Lincoln. I mean, if that doesn't tell that's amazing. If that doesn't tell you if that doesn't tell you how affluent and how powerful the Marshall Field family was, um, and even after they've passed, they're gonna go on and influence generations with their stores, with their windows. Um there's a couple because we'll get into the impact here in just a minute, but I have to share another historical story Please. that I that I found, and this was about the the Great Chicago Fire. 
Oh, yes, I did. I read this, oh. but go on. So, so obviously, Great Chicago Fire is 1871. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, this is horrible, horrible thing that happens. So, um, basically what happens is it, re- it, you know, they, they decide that, you know, we have to try to save this merchandise. And so they are loading it onto wagons and taking it to like people's homes. Um, there's a young salesman, uh, who, uh, what's his name? Horace B. Parker. He rushes to the store's basement, breaks up boxes to build a fire. So the furnace boil for, for the furnace boiler. So the steam powered elevators can still be operated. So these employees are working feverishly through the night to remove like vital records, valuable goods, all this sort of stuff. So at one point a gas tank explodes. And so all the gas powered lights are now out. So these retail employees, which this having worked retail and anyone who's worked retail, you can just imagine you can put yourself in this situation. Like, so they're working by candlelight now. And even though like the city's on fire and, um, uh, there there's volunteers on the roof that are using the store's fire hoses to wet down the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, um, unfortunately the wa- city's waterworks uh, that burned. And so that no longer was a thing. And I love this. The last employee had scarcely exited the building when it burst into flames, shooting fire from every window. <laughs> but as a result of all those efforts, they were able to reopen like, a few weeks later at a temporary location because they had all this merchandise. So I have a, I have a, now we're on a Chicago fire tangent. I have a Chicago fire story for you as well, that they are not the only company in Chicago to have pulled that stunt. Yeah. So the Tribune did the same thing essentially. So the Tribune, you know, is in the line of fire and will eventually burn down. But one of the shareholders who actually becomes the mayor of Chicago after the fire, his name was Joseph Medill is getting equipment the the building is like he can't like things are in the building he can't save it but he's actively trying to get a paper written about the fire and um that's happening all around him so he has he's got he's trying to get people to save the building like they are throwing water on the wood floors they're doing everything to make this building fire as fireproof as they can they don't succeed he ends up buying rent i think it's renting um, no, it was buying. He bought used printing equipment and had it brought to a building that he rented all while the fire is happening. There is a fire burning the city. This man goes out and rents a building in cash, buys these things, has them brought in and gets a paper ready to go out the very next day that says, cheer up, Chicago will rise again. That was the headline. Wow. You couldn't do that today. There'd be so much paperwork. Mm-hmm. That's an HR nightmare yeah that's an hr nightmare right there <laughs> um but that was that's just another fun story um but yeah no the marshall fields family is fascinating and like they're a whole study i think uh, in and of themselves yeah i was gonna say I'm, i wonder if there's a hang on is there a movie about movie about marshall there's a there's a wttw Field. special um about i don't want to i don't want, a, I don't want a special Christmas. i want i want like the man who saved christmas but about Marshall Field. Yeah. With Ed Asner and Jason Alexander and Mary. Yeah. Okay. I don't think so, unfortunately. No, but you know what? That would be a good one. Um, okay, it's Untapped Market. There we go. Let's party. That's our, that's our, we're going to write that movie. I become write famous. write a Marshall Fields movie. 
the man who made Christmas is what we'll call it. Uh, there's a bunch of different traditions that we're going to be able to hit up, and I just kind of want to quickly kind of highlight them. Uh, the, ch- uh, the walnut room and the walnut room tree, uh, Frango Mints, which aren't discontinued. They still exist, but it's a Marshall Field thing. Uh, uh, Uncle Mistletoe and Aunt Holly and Mistletoe Bear. Um, now, I did really, and also, we, of course, we already kind of talked about the Christmas windows, which I think are probably one of the most well-known things because they still happen with Macy's today. Uh, they were originally utilized, actually, to showcase product, and then it wasn't working necessarily, so they jazzed it up. They made it a little bit more exciting. They they put a little bit more motion into it. Um they were still using it to advertise product after a certain point in time, they stop and they just use the windows to tell story and get guests to visit the store and then go inside to see the beautiful decorations that are in the store as well. And a fun, fun fact um, about the Marshall Fields windows. Um, there was a, well, originally they couldn't do it because of things would freeze if they got too close to the windows. Hmm. Um, I think it was they would freeze or they would melt from the sunlight. There was something weird. Maybe it was melt. I think things were melting because of the sun going through the windows. Oh, a special probably. glass. It, this was right around the time that they invented special glass. Um, that is, you know, the window panes we have today, uh, essentially. But just a fun little weird fact. Like, there was a point in time where this wasn't feasibly possible. But anyway, like, if you've ever gone to uh, Marshall Fields, uh, what they use for snow in their windows salt so if you ever go and you see snow in a marshall fields window display it's salt will be now be a macy's right correct macy's yeah and i mean macy's has when they took over marshall fields kind of said we're gonna keep some of these traditions alive absolutely windows and the three-story tall christmas tree like they really do it up at the holidays um i mean it's it's important to i think the city and the city's history um, honestly, like I wish that Macy's didn't move into that building. I wish that that, that, that building was the Chicago history museum. Mm. I think it'd be perfect, but I'm not a city planner. Um, but in terms of the windows, Macy's, oh, there was a train of thought and I missed it. I didn't get on board the train in time, Matt. Here we are. Um, oh, I I'm getting it back. Okay. The snow. This is really fun to watch real time. The salt. This is horrible. Like. I should be more outlined than this, but alas, I've lost it. So on top of Does so anyone ta- who listens to this podcast, think we haven't outlined. <laughs> um, so on top of the windows, the beautiful window displays that are still going on today. Uh, once you get inside, um, I mean, Marshall Fields used to have departments that just don't exist anymore. Like there was the toy department that was really big during the holiday seasons where you're supposed to go to get the toys for your kids. We talk about Frago mints. Uh, Matt, have you, I'm assuming you've had a Frago Mint at some point in your life? No. Are you not no, a mint and chocolate person? You look disgusted. I, no, I, oh, sorry. That was just a no. Like a, a Frago Mint. Yeah, I mean, you I remember. Frago Mints? Oh, yes. I've had these. I know yeah. what these are. So these were invented in Marshall Fields and were oh. made in the Marshall Field building. Really? Like that's why there was a kitchen at the top of Marshall Fields. That's where they made the Frago Mints. Wow. Oh, I remember. Oh, my gosh. This, I'm so <laughs> glad. In terms of the windows, um, that used to be someone's full-time job, was planning and executing those windows. It was a year-round full-time employment role. And it wasn't like, do the windows year-round. 
it was the Christmas windows were specifically a year-round wow. job. How much did that job pay? Uh, probably more than I make right now. <laughs> Sadly, yes. Um, but that was someone's job was to execute design and implement those windows. Um, and planning started pretty much the minute the old windows come down. Well, I mean, this this is such, for retail places, this is an important time of year. I mean, this is the money-making time. Um, you know, I, 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 taking out, I, taking out like the, oh, this holiday has become all about consumerism, yada, yada, yada. This is a time where we buy things like mm-hmm. we, and, and it is good that we, in some cases that we want to buy gifts for people. That is a way that some people show love to people is like, Hey, I bought you this gift. I thought of you. This is great. Um, and, but because this is such a concentrated time, I mean, I remember at the Disney store, the it was like the three or four weekends from Black Friday to to Christmas were huge for us. Like from mm-hmm. a yearly standpoint, it was a massive a, amount of the business that we did for the year, and um and and often what we did in those months set us up for success or failure for the next nine months, mm-hmm. and so. And and that was and, and that's not just about selling the product at at Christmas time. It's all about the pageantry. I mean, it, at at the Disney store, we decorated. There was no other season we decorated like we did for the holiday season. <clears throat> yeah, we had different signs that went up and other stuff like that. But there was not another time. I and mean, we had we had trains with Mickey in it, and and trees and ornaments and snowflakes and fun tags that we hung. I mean, it was it was done up. And and you go into any store, yeah, okay, you know, some stores will throw up some Halloween decorations or some Easter decorations. Well, that's what happens when you eat them. You're not supposed to ingest them. <laughs> but but nothing like Christmas decorations. Thank you for the slow burn on my bad joke. Yes, I'm 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 just letting it go. <laughs> um and so something like these windows, that was a probably a big draw to many people mm-hmm. of the city that it wasn't just, Oh, we got to go shopping. It's we have to go see these windows and, Oh, I guess we're at Marshall field. So we might as well go shopping. We might as well get some of those delicious Franco mints. Um, uh, we, we, we were here. Let's make a day out of this. This becomes our family tradition. Mm-hmm. And so like, while those windows aren't necessarily selling any kind of product, they're selling it, the store. They're selling the store, which is and selling the brand, which you could argue is more valuable than actually selling the product. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. And I mean, that's too, like, I think a little bit like with Frago mints, like it's a now granted all these things, the window decorating, the mints all get outsourced eventually, eventually oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all leaves that no longer happens in the in the building proper. Um but it had that history, and I think that's also another reason people really invested. I mean, Marshall Field at one point it was employing 12,000 Chicagoans. Yeah. Two-thirds I mean, of that 12,000 were working in retail front-facing roles yeah, in the Marshall I mean, it, Field department it was, store. It was huge. And, and now there was some controversy around how much he paid the women, but a huge place for as women started to get into the workforce. Mm-hmm. Marshall Fields was a, uh, uh, a a big place that a lot of women worked. Now, again, we won't talk about the 1913 Senate 
discovery of not just Marshall Fields, but all department stores of how little they were paying women. But uh, still, like the fact that this was still a a place that many women probably started their first careers. Yeah. Um, Speaking of women and careers at Marshall Fields, there is, of course, the Blue Fairy of the Walnut Room who would come out and sprinkle fairy dust on your head while you were eating your lunch. The Walnut Room is actually that's not even the room's actual name. I want to say the Walnut Room is on the sixth or seventh floor in Marshall Fields or in Macy's. Excuse me. It is still there. And it was this room for like a very like this is a, a rich person's lunch and dinner place to go. <laughs> this is you, like this is where the fancy people went. Um, and the room is paneled in walnut. And eventually it stops being called. I think it was called the Tea Room or something. I honestly don't remember its original name. But because no one called it that. It just they called it, you know, the Walnut Room, the room with the walnut paneling. It became the Walnut Room. And that's where people would go for lunch and, and you could meet the Blue Fairy at Christmas. And of course, the Walnut Room has the famous three-story tall tree. And actually, fun fact, the Walnut Room used to be shorter, but the tree was so tall, at one point they had to raise the ceiling in the Walnut Room to accommodate the tree. Oh, interesting. The tree was originally real. It was a real tree. And ornaments were specially made for this tree. And the tree would have to be brought in in segments and reconstructed in the walnut room. The only way to get it up to the walnut room was to, in the big atrium, if you've ever been in the Macy's in downtown Chicago on State Street, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. If not, Google it. You'll see it. It is this giant atrium that shows you every single floor of retail all the way to the top. That's what this is. Um, Looking at pictures of this, like th- this department store is is just absolutely bonkers. Have like, you never been inside of it? I have, yeah. Oh. But uh, but I, I, it's been a while. Um, hmm. And and even just like the angles and everything of the pictures, sometimes like just you're just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so to get the tree to the walnut room, they created this like pulley system and would pull the tree up through the center of the department store. They didn't walk it up the stairs. They can't get it in the elevator. So they're like lifting it and hoisting it carefully up through the atrium and then offloading it onto the seventh floor and slowly putting it together. And that's how they did it for years. That's quite a, I mean, I can't imagine that process. (laughs) I want to say there was a story I'd come across where, Oh God, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say this right. I don't remember what happened to it, but they had like, they have to close down the store early to do this. It takes all night and then to decorate it and everything so that they can open up the next morning and boom, there's a tree. There was flooding one day. So they get the tree up and then something bursts and the whole tree gets flooded out. Oh, I think is what it was or was no, no, that's not what it is. Oh, I know there's a scandal with this tree. Um, Ooh, a tree scandal. Hold on, Marshall Fields. To... Man, we gotta. We we should we should write a a workplace comedy about um about Marshall Fields. Tree problem. Um, I want to say it was that there were there. I think there were wild animals in the tree. Oh, I remember what it was. I remember what it was. There were wild animals in the tree. Not from oh, the outside. Oh, even better. I love this. They had put real treats on the tree. Like real cookies and cakes. One year that was the theme of the tree. They had like these real things. 
and animals came and ate everything off the tree. So all the decorations got ate. And the next morning they came in, they're like, where are all the decorations? Mice came and ate them. That's what it was. <laughs> oh, gosh. So they had to panic. They had to, like, close down the walnut room and, like, fix it really fast. But that that, that horrifying. That is the story of the Marshall Fields tree, which is still a thing. You can still go to the walnut room. You can still sit by the tree. I don't think the Blue Fairy is still a thing anymore, but... Um, the Blue Fairy is also not Marshall Field's only character um, in their history. So for those of you who are unfamiliar, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was created by a department store, not Marshall Field's, by Montgomery Ward. Montgomery Ward wanted a fun holiday way to connect with kids, um, something that they created themselves so they didn't have to pay for rights so they could have their own holiday character. And they created Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. There was a little coloring book that they printed in-house and they would hand out to kids. And boy, howdy, was it popular. And this happens in the mid-1930s. So by the 40s, Marshall Field's like, well, how are we going to deal with this? We we can't, we're losing out to Rudolph here. So they created a holiday character in the 1940s called Uncle Mistletoe, who's kind of like a little fairy in a red, like a, a red trench coat <laughs> with, a, with a top hat. And Uncle Mistletoe would like, he worked for Santa, he'd grant your wishes. And eventually he becomes so popular that they add an Aunt Holly, who's Uncle Mistletoe's wife. I think they have a kid at some point. Like there's other characters in this storyline and they become so popular. Like there's merchandise that you can buy at Marshall Fields. There's cookie jars, plates, cups, music boxes, ornaments with Uncle Mistletoe and Holly, plush with Uncle Mistletoe and Holly. They get a television series. For four years that runs only during the holidays. They blow up. Uncle Mistletoe and Aunt Holly start to phase out. And are replaced with Christmas bears. In the 1980s, Marshall Field starts a line of mistletoe bears. There are these. I have a mistletoe bear actually from the 80s. I do. Um, He has a little scarf and a hat that says mistletoe on it. He's like a white polar bear. And every year they would start coming out with a new kind of mistletoe bear. Um, and they, that was like the thing is you would collect, it was like when at the Disney store, we had the Mickey's, the holiday Mickey's yeah, that were yeah, different yeah. every year. Yeah. They had the mistletoe bear that was different every year. So people would collect mistletoe bears. I, um, I saw mugs as well. Like there yes. was a yearly mug. And yes. There were like, mugs. It, there was a lot of things they call it. At one point he's referred to as Santa bear. Yes. Santa bear. Um, Santa bear mugs. So I have a Santa bear mug. That's uh Santa bear groom and Santa bear bride are on it. And um, these are very, again, there were ornaments, there were all these things. Marshall Field at Christmas was a real phenomenon. Um, and then Macy's takes over. I think Macy's does maybe one or two more years of the Bears, and then they just stop. Um, yeah, I mean, stuff like that ultimately runs its course at some point and just, like, well, the department stores in general kind of ran their course. Mm-hmm. Like that, they just... They just did. Um, We're kind of getting them back, though. Yeah, we are. Like, Like, think about Target. Like, how many people go to a Target? Because, like, a department store, I can get everything. Yeah, Target's also done a nice job at branding themselves in a way and making their stores in a way. It's hard to describe. It's really hard to describe. No, I mean, the other thing that, that, that Target did 
was they've kind of adapted with the the online sphere as well. And I mean, all these places now with like pickup in store or, you know, deliver out to the car is now a big thing. So, I mean, it, 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 that is interesting though, to think about like target kind of being a modern day department store, target, Meyer, Walmart. That's what they are. Kind of like your general store where you could get all your general supplies that you need in this day and age. You can get your microwave, your cereal, and your dining room chairs all at a Target. I think the problem with most department stores is that they attach themselves to malls, and malls is what died out. Yeah, malls are dying. Yeah, and so... I don't think department stores necessarily attach themselves to malls. I mean, I don't know the history of a mall, but to me, like, the anchor stores are what is supposed to bring someone to the mall. Like, someone's going to come to the Disney store because they wanted to go to Sears. Because they had to go to Sears. (laughs) You know, or they had to go to to Marshall Fields. There's a or sentence that I've Mark. not heard someone say in the last ten years. Hey, I have to go pick up something at Sears. I'll meet you later. That's because Sears is discontinued now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but you know, I think so. I did obviously do my uh, my deep dive onto eBay as I always do. I did a generic Marshall Field at Christmas. Okay. okay. I knew I knew Santa Bear and Mistletoe Bear and Uncle Mistletoe would be big hot ticket items. I wanted to see if there was something like I know that you could have there were times where you could buy old Marshall Field window display pieces. Like that was a thing. People would buy those and put them in wow. their yards and in their displays. Um and so I was very curious, and to my not surprise, I knew this was gonna be the top selling item. The most, not top selling, the most expensive. The most expensive item being sold. The most expensive items, like the top, like 10, all Uncle Mistletoe. Uncle, if you, if anyone listening has an Uncle Mistletoe anything, people will pay big bucks for those. Hundreds and hundreds of dollars. The top tiered item was an Uncle Mistletoe Aunt Holly music box priced at just under $2,000. What? in the world (laughs) huge collectible mistletoe bear stuff is on there but not as expensive and then there's other things like classic marshall fields ornaments boxes frago mint tins all these things i mean marshall fields really created almost a cult following in terms of their merchandise and the way they were able to engage and interact with their guests at the holiday season uh using the the cuddly mistletoe bear or the fun story i mean and macy's and Marshall Fields even embraced those histories. Like I know there was a theme for windows a few years ago, not too long ago. And the window theme was uncle mistletoe. Uncle mistletoe. And for a while too, like in every window you could see uncle mistletoe, like they would hide him in Easter egg him somewhere in a window. Wow. Uncle mistletoe. Look at him being worth the big bucks. Mm-hmm. All right. And it's, it's so weird to think what a short lit life he had. Like we don't, no one knows who he is. It's not like Rudolph. Montgomery Ward created some a character that became that got movies and has a song that everyone sings. Like Rudolph is known across the world. Bring back Uncle Mistletoe. I Let's would say resurrect him. You know, in terms of the like, should this come back or not? I would love to see Uncle Mistletoe kind of get revitalized by the Macy's company and see if they can't really like with the technology we have, the ability to communicate that we have, tap into to, that nostalgia. Yeah, let's see if they can re-bring out Uncle Mistletoe and introduce him to a new audience. Um, he has a little golden book. Yeah, yeah. I saw. 
I saw the golden book. Like I, I'm sure you can find like at your local library or something like that. That little golden book, if you're looking hard enough. Um, I, I mean, I got I got Uncle Mistletoe, man. Uncle Mistletoe. I would say like obviously the windows are still happening. Tree is still there. Those aren't discontinued, but we're talking yeah, I mean, about more more of the discontinued thing that we went on. This was Marshall, Marshall Fields. Fields. Like, you're not you're not going to find a Marshall Fields anymore. Um, but a lot of the traditions they did create, such as Mistletoe Bear, Santa Bear, and Uncle Mistletoe, those have those have fallen away. Um, I yeah, love my Mistletoe Bear; like he brings me so much joy. I think, as with anything, I mean stuff stuff like that goes in cycles. I mean, um, you, you know, you're you're gonna see people want to collect these things for a while, and then the public changes opinion on what they want to collect, and they want to start something new. I mean, I remember this working at retail where. Disney was always trying to start up new collections and discontinue other collections, not because they weren't popular, but because it was just, well, we don't want to get to a point where these aren't as popular anymore. We need to just, you know, cycle these things through. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's what happened with Uncle Mistletoe, though. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's I don't know. We'll see. Um, like, I think it was just something that eventually, like, they curved and they went in a different direction. Because uh, the the reason they created him was to offset the popularity of Rudolph. And obviously, eventually, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer just never, he never stopped. It's that nose. I mean, and then just, I mean, he exploded with TV specials and songs. And yeah, and Uncle Mistletoe you know. just, like, Uncle Mistletoe did break out into the TV, but I don't think he really broke out of Chicago. Yeah. Well, I think it's a Chicago and, thing. Yeah. I mean, and, I, I, I mean, ultimately, probably a lot of the Marshall Fields nostalgia is a very Midwest thing. Yes. And I would argue, again, very Chicago because that's where he's from. And like people in Chicago have a very, very deep rooted nostalgia for their Chicago communities, things. for like you just said, Chicago things. It is a very Chicago history. I mean, people of Chicago really love the city. Um, when they're if they're born and raised here, they are. They, I mean, and to be fair, I do know some people who are like I hate it here, but I think it's because it's cold. Um, I mean, yep, it is. But, but I, also... I know so many people born in Chicago. Uh, my parents' generation. I mean, it, they have such a, a love for it. Like my my mom loved Marshall Fields. Like I don't. My mom, I think, was really disappointed to see Marshall Fields go too. Because again, it had this this great history and this this the sense of wonder and magic that they that they brought. And again, they were they were the glove standard of retail. Well, and like you said, it was a big part of Chicago's history. I mean, I'm trying to think of like what an equivalent of that would be in some other place. I mean, it would it would be the equivalent of. Um, uh, like a what's a like Times Square staple, like something in Times Square that that is is there and is and it has has been a staple forever and built the city from the ground up. Yeah. Um, you know, or, or I, I think when you break down to Chicago history too, you just said it built the city. Yeah. Like Tribune what Tower are the that built the city. Like Tribune Tower is really big because the McCormick family who built Tribune Tower had so much influence in the city of Chicago, really helped to build out the city. I mean, Joseph Medill is the grandfather of the McCormick family, and he literally rebuilt the city after the fire. The Marshall yeah. Fields family helped rebuild the city after the fire. Uh, I mean, there's, Chicago has so many. Like, I think that's where the pride comes from is 
the desire to be the greatest city in the country and the fight that, you know, we had, we were, Chicago was a really gross city for a very long time that nobody respected or cared about. And like us getting the world's fair. Yeah. In 1955, the 1930s world's fair and the Columbian exposition too. the Columbian exposition specifically were, that, that one was, we are an important big city, pay attention to us, and it paid off. And then the 1930s one was, it's safe to come here. <laughs> Al, 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 Al who? No. What? No. To, to Chicago. <laughs> we have fan dancing ladies. Um, but, like, I think that's just the things, like, I mean, again, like, think the Columbian Exposition. The things that that yeah. building or that that whole fair brought, that brought the Art Institute. It brought um, what is now... Um, the field museum like yes. field there's a reason it's called the field museum <laughs> um there's so there's just so much i, I know anyway, i'm not gonna sit here and, and and wax poetically about chicago um <laughs> oh chicago chicago <laughs> um, but no you're, you're you're right like there is a and, and i would even argue this goes beyond i mean this this is every city i mean i live in woodstock illinois and there is a pride about this city that look, we have these things. This is what we do. Um, we've been doing this tradition for a hundred years. Like there, there's, there's pride in these things. And I mean, so the, from your smallest towns to your biggest towns, I mean that, that, that very much everyone, this is going to sound really hokey, but everyone has their own Marshall fields in their town. Like the, the thing that, you know, the local diner, the local restaurant, the, the store, the, you know, whatever it is. It, they you have the people that mm-hmm. built that town built that city that just just make it what it is but i think like i think one of the other things too that's fascinating what really makes marshall fields stand out is we did a whole episode about them yeah and not just and not not the hit i'm sure we could have done a whole like history of the company oh, we, the family we but scratched the surface <laughs> We did a whole episode revolving around like a handful of holiday traditions yeah. that greatly affected. Like, I know who Uncle Mistletoe is, and he was long gone by the time I, I was born. I have a mistletoe bear. Like, it's a company that really, really they're, they're, made their an effect. Reach, their reach had a, thank you. Had That's a, word. Yeah, it was much larger than just the city that it was in. Yeah. So in terms of should these things come back, Uncle Mistletoe and Aunt Holly, I think, should come back. Uh, Mistletoe Bear, I like my Mistletoe Bear. I don't think he needs to come back. There's so many holiday stuffed animals as it is. But I love the concept of Uncle Mistletoe and Aunt Holly. Um, I I think I don't think Macy's does the windows as as expansively. I think they only do a set couple. I'd love to see them go back to doing the whole windows around the whole thing. I mean, I'm sure that's expensive and obviously retail's a dying industry, but I think that, you know, so, so cool. I bet you if they did a full around the building window display again, that would get people. I walked around. I remember when the 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 Harry Potter, that was around the entire building. I had to walk around the entire Marshall Field building to see those a windows. big building. Hey, um, hey, hey, people at Macy's, if you're listening, because of course you are. Why? What else are you doing? Sponsor us. No, not just no sponsor. No, no, no. I want a cologne line, Matt. Ooh, ooh, okay, okay. Scrap my idea. Yes, cologne. Um, no, I was saying you should. We will. We, we will come work for you, 
if we can become the Christmas window people. We will make the best Christmas windows you have ever seen. We will spend all year on it, and it will be the most fabulous thing ever. You can probably actually get us at a very reasonable rate. And that's the most terrifying thing. I think what I could. What are you talking about? Them. That'd be so much fun. I would be terrified to do that job. What? No. Well, first off, I'm not an engineer. Well, yeah, that's why we would we would like get other people on our team. I'm not I an mean, engineer. It's a giant. It's such a giant thing and undertaking. And then like the history. Oh my gosh! Like oh yeah, look, ooh. we would cement our names. People would be doing podcasts about us. Eighty years from now. I got to I got to go golfing with some president's son so I can die of pneumonia at age 85 or whatever. I think it was actually 71 that he died. So I maybe don't want to die that early. I mean, back then that wasn't early. That's true. Back then that was ancient. So, yeah, so Macy's. Okay, fine. Don't hire Chris. Hire me. I'll be your Christmas window person. He's out. Give him his cologne line and let him stand over there. Um, I'll design your Christmas windows. I already have. A, I already have a sponsorship. The Scrooge which... that is on the other side of this podcast. I didn't say, I'm, okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not being Scrooge. I'm just saying right, that's well, an we undertaking. We are out of time. Uh, Chris, be quiet. It's out of time. <laughs> Anything else you got on Marshall Fields? I don't. I don't know all of his secrets. I can't tell you how I'm blackmailing Marshall Fields. Oh. Well, you said, do I have anything on him? Oh, I <laughs> nothing on the Fields family. No, unfortunately not. No, I don't have any. Those are kind of my my big major points. There is a really interesting uh, WTTW special about the history of Marshall Fields at Christmas. I know they delve pretty deeply into the windows. Uncle Mistletoe and Holly, Mistletoe Bear. So I, it's free. It's online. Go check it out. It's it is. I I remember I showed it to my residents when I worked in senior care. That was one of our holiday like get together. Like we were going to watch that and talk about it. So okay. Well, it's closing. Sorry, cl- I almost said it's closing time. That's the other closing podcast. Sorry. Time. Closing time. We do time- say we do say it's time to close up the museum. Yeah, it's time to close up the museum. So I guess like, I could say it's closing time, but that you know that's other podcast. It's it's time to end the tour of Marshall Fields. Of Marshall Fields, Matt. Where can they um? How can they light up our Christmas trees this year? Oh wow! Um, you can email us discontinued on display at gmail Twitter at discontinued pod, Instagram at discontinued on display. SorcererNetwork.com for all of our episodes and lots of other great stuff. Uh, rate and view us on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, five stars. And let's see, what else can I plug? Oh, uh, if you're planning a Disney vacation, check out Magical Memories by Casey. Uh, my podcast partner, Casey, is an authorized travel planner. Uh, and he can uh, help you plan your Disney Universal just vacation in general. Cost you nothing extra. You get his, his expertise. Absolutely check him out. You can find it on sorcererNetwork.com. That's awesome. Good for Casey. I didn't know he started yeah, doing yeah, that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, I guess maybe I could, you know, be self-serving here. If you want to check out, if you are a Wisconsin sports fan and want to check out Wisconsin Sports Heroics, it is a website that I write for, and you can check out my sports articles there. Um, if you're really interested in desserts, I do have an only flans. Sorry, I just... I, I I needed a bad I needed a bad joke. I have no fun websites. I don't I don't journal. I don't. I'm not a travel planner. Oh goodness! Chris, we got to get you a side hustle. That's what we need. <laughs> <laughs>
don't know. Only Flans is kind of like that's that's I put that on a shirt. I mean, you could start Only Flans. That's actually probably a really good business name. <laughs> I'd get so many confused people who thought they were going somewhere else. Are you Googling if it exists? It doesn't. It's wide open. <laughs> World's my oyster. Well, if there's nothing else, uh, man, I'm pretty sure this episode also dropped on Thanksgiving. So, hey, everyone. <laughs> Happy, Happy Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. We kind of miscounted. I put something in the episode. For I'm going to say Happy Thanksgiving on every episode till the end of the year. I think we just say it forever. Just Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. <laughs> We'll see you next time, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to a Sorcerer Network podcast.